Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. This week, we have a special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me here. My name is Myra. I am so excited for this book. Um, I'm actually a nurse with three kids and a husband, so my life is hectic. So I so look forward to reading at nighttime. And Amelia Hutchins has brought so much life (laughs) into my reading nights. Because these books have me on edge all the time. I'm I'm like dying for the fourth one to come out, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) Yes. Well, we are so glad to have you on on our show with us. We're really excited for our discussion. Thank you. This week, we'll be talking about Ashes of Chaos by Amelia Hutchins. It's the second book in her Legacy of the Nine Realms series. Um, This is an After Dark episode, so just as a warning, that means we're going to be discussing uh, mature topics. There will be cursing. This episode is going to be heavily focused towards romance and sex, so if you're not comfortable with those topics or with cursing, you might not want to listen to this episode, but we have a bunch of other episodes that are not After Dark. The last series that we covered is not an After Dark series, so you are welcome, and we would love for you to listen to those episodes. I'm going to start with our character descriptions, locations, and some new monsters that we see in this book, and then Vicki's going to pick up with our plot description. So in this book, we meet some new creatures or monsters, and so one of those creatures are dire wolves. Um, in, this, in this series, they are Hecate's beasts and her guardians. They were interred with her when she died. Uh, but someone unknown has released them so that we've got zombie dire wolves roaming around. Uh, when they're dead, if you try to kill them, they multiply so that they grow in powers. And then we also see what's called dark ones. So they're revenants. Um, they are condemned souls that have been basically turned into this voracious, murderous fog by uh, the queen of the, the high queen of the witches, Ilsa. I'll speak more about her in a second. But um, they're described as twisted gray corpses with poisonous teeth and long grasping claws that are meant to capture the living and they're enshrouded in a gray poisonous fog. So they capture people and then spit their husks out when they've killed them. In this book, we meet Ilsa. She is the high queen of the witches. She is a dark witch and is truly gruesome to behold from practicing dark magic. She is super powerful and hellbent on amassing power so that she can overtake and rule the realm. We meet Soraya, who is a young witch that serves Ilsa, but has not yet embraced dark magic. Her sister is uh, basically being held by Ilsa, so she's been filled with dark magic, and Soraya is trying to find a way to free her sister. And in doing so, she turns into a spy for Ilsa. We meet Esme, who's a light witch that helps Arya escape Nox in one situation. And then Arya later recruits her to help her collect and protect the good witches. We meet Becca and Shaban, who are witches that serve Nox. So as part of serving it, Nox, they end up basically being like the lowest people on the totem pole. They, they, they're able to use their powers, but only to serve him. And so it's really not an ideal position to be an, a witch that, that serves Nox, although it's better than being dead, I guess. We meet Taryn, who is the keeper of lightning and the king slash father to the gargoyles. We meet, he was cursed by Hecate. And so we see a little bit of interaction between him and Arya in this book. We meet Lord Andres, who is the lord of one of Nox's territories, and he is super creepy and really terrible. We meet Aiden, who is a mystery man with silver hair of the same race as Arya, and he is very interested in Arya. 
And then we go to, or we learn about a new place. So the kingdom of Akia, which is home to the queen of the high, which is Ilsa. That's like their, their um, central location. And they have a bunch of different territories throughout the area. Vicki, do you want to pick up with our plot? Yes. So Ashes of Chaos picks up a few months after Arya escapes through a portal and into the Nine Realms. She's being hunted by Nox and his men. She's been doing a fairly good job of avoiding them, but her creature is craving Nox dick. While she is fleeing, she comes across several horrible scenes, including towns filled with dead people, zombie direwolves, and a forbidden sacrifice. It is Arya's mission to stop the Dark Witches from slaughtering more innocent people. The book switches to the point of view of Soraya, who is determined to save her 12-year-old sister from the grips of Ilsa, the High Queen of the Witches. We learn that the large sacrifices Arya has been seeing are a way of adding power to a grid. Ira inadvertently interrupted the process and now has a target on her back. Ilsa is looking for her and Soraya has agreed to help. Arya and Dimitri team up, and while Dimitri flirts with Arya, she has no interest in him. They work well together though and capture some of the witches who had helped murder the villagers. They interrogate the witches in order to find out where the Keeper of Lightning is located, but do not get any answers. Arya and Nox have a standoff where they talk about how much they want to fuck each other. <laughs> Afterwards, Arya escapes and lets herself be captured by witches. Like the badass bitch she is, she completely destroys the castle and kills all of the dark witches. While she's in the castle, she meets several strange men who have the ability to rattle. One of them invites her to join him and learn more about her heritage, but she declines. They tell her when she is ready, she should come find them. Arya gathers books and supplies. We learn that she is planning to start a new house of magic. She contacts her family to let them know she will be busy for several weeks preparing. She tells her aunt about the men with silver hair. Her aunt informs her that they are monsters and that if Arya ever goes with them, she will become one too. She also tells Arya that she believes Arya is the daughter of the First People. She explains that the First People were a murderous, magical race that made noises similar to Arya and Nox. Apparently, the First People were so vicious that they killed others in horrible ways just so that they could not enter the Nine Realms. Hecate spent hundreds of years attempting to rid the Nine Realms of them. Aurora tells Arya that Nox's race is from the first creatures of the Nine Realm as well, which explains their connection. Aurora says a few more cryptic things to Arya before helping her prepare. Two weeks later, Arya has another face-off with Nox. She puts up a barrier and makes him watch while she completely obliterates the keep full of witches. Using the blood and power of the witches she killed, she summons the Keeper of Lightning. He manages to remove Nox's mark from her neck, infuriating Nox and making her more vulnerable. She tells the Keeper of Lightning that she summoned him to take back the element of lightning and remove the curse from his bloodline. He denies her request for the power at first, but then realizes she is something much more than a witch. He shows her two possible futures, one where she is murdering innocent people, and another where she is happy and has children. Of course, he isn't helpful in telling her what she needs to do to end up on the path to happiness, because that would be too easy. But after showing her the potential futures, he agrees to give her the power. It doesn't go well, and weakened, she flees through another portal. She arrives in a village and is helped by a fellow witch named Esme. Arya finds a safe place for Esme and asks her to help rescue children and good witches that will come for sanctuary. Arya destroys some more witches, this time with the help of her sisters. Nox is always hot on her heels. He does eventually catch her and, like a dick, puts her in a cage and in handcuffs that block her magic. Now she's traveling with Nox and his army. Of course, being a Hecate witch, she does not have friends among the army. She ends up getting the shit kicked out of her by a guard after she attempts to protect children. She's naturally incredibly upset that Knox would let harm come to children and antagonizes him by reminding him that his wife and son are dead, which causes him to hit her because he can't deal with having feelings. <laughs> her injuries are so severe that she has to snap her own rib and rip it out of her chest and, and force her dislocated shoulder back into its socket. Brander is like, we gotta take her to a healing pool cause her face looks like ground beef. They head toward the healing pool and see some disturbing sights and creatures along the way. However, they do safely reach the pool and Nox and Arya share a rare unguarded moment with each other. Since nothing good lasts long for poor Arya, when they enter the cave, things go to shit. 
She gets lured into a trap by the men with silver hair, forcing her to fight in a more primitive version of whatever she is, and Knox is acting like she did it on purpose. Thankfully, Knox is summoned to the council to discuss unrest in the Nine Realms, so Arya gets a break from his moodiness. For whatever reason, she misses him. She, Lore, and Killian ride out to meet up with Knox. However, they are intercepted and Arya is taken hostage. That's where the book ends. Moving on, we'll be discussing spoilers. So if you've not finished the book or not read the book and are not interested in spoilers, you can stop here. If you have finished the book or enjoy spoilers, this part is for you. So let's talk about that petty dedication in the beginning of this book, because it is the best book dedication I think I've ever read in my life. Yes. Guys, I was dying. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, Amelia, you go girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get And you know what? Being a nurse, right? I, I like, I could relate you guys. I'm like, yeah, I've worked with bitches too. Like, I get it. I so get it. <laughs> Oh. I thought it was the funniest thing. I, I remember mm-hmm. talking to Vicky about it. And I'm like, who does that? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yes. It was hysterical. I mean, I think I like read it out loud to my mom. I was like, this, I've never read a dedication like this in a book before, but I love it. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like, like, you go, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Normally they're all sweet. Oh, thank you for encouraging yeah. me. And this is, this like, is for my mom. <laughs> yes. Like, thanks for being such bitches because of you. I quit my job, followed my dream, and now I get to stay in my pajamas and ride all day. And you still have to go to, to your shitty job where you're miserable. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I give it to her. You know what? I bet you one of those petty bitches yeah. is reading her books. Like, come on. <laughs> Oh, that was great. (laughs) So good. Also, I really like that this book has a map. None of her other books have had maps before, and I love a book with a map. It does, and it helps you kind of imagine the trail that they're taking. You know, like like they're always on a hike, especially Mm -hmm. like all the running she has done in this book. It's like, where are you going? Where are you heading? So it does kind of clear things out where his kingdom is, where everything is. It's like, okay, I like it. It does. It does give you a picture, you know, of how things are going. Mm-hmm. Speaking of all of that running, it really gives me a lot of anxiety that she's doing all of this in like dresses and no shoes. Yeah, girl. You know, first of all, I don't even wear high heels or anything <laughs> like that. Like, let's be serious. I wear them to go in. Okay, you saw me. I'm cute. They're coming off because I'm like, <laughs> give me sneakers or something. Yes. Like, come on. What? And this even the wild? No way. Yes. No. No, <laughs> no way. It's gonna hurt. No matter how like calloused your feet get, I'm sure that's still gonna hurt. Yes. And and ladies, let's think about it. There's no pedicure going on in that era. (laughs) And it's rough terrain too. It's not like it's paved roads or even even trails. She's like stumbling. Like at one point she like falls down a hill. Like she's stumbling through the forest without shoes half the time in a dress. I mean, it's just like, wow. I mean, like, in, so in the South, like, we have tornadoes all the time. So, like, every time the weather gets bad, I'm like, all right, let's, I need to put on some leggings and some tennis shoes just in case the house gets sucked up into the sky. And just, like, <laughs> I just have so much anxiety about her not having good footwear. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's how she does it. I, I don't know. I, it, it couldn't be me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> I would like step on a twig and be down for the count. (laughs) I guess I'm dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what? I give up, Knox. Just come out. Come out wherever you're from. You're at. Just take me. me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So one of the things we see more in this book are how awful the witches are. So she comes across just all these really brutal scenes. The witches have killed humans and made sacrifices and it's awful. Yeah. Like the yeah. first scene, it's like Arya walks into this village and there are like people hanging upside down in the air with their throats slit and their blood, like blood just dripping into these like gutters that are traveling to this like power grid made of dead bodies or people who have been enchanted to like bone each other until they die. Until like, they die as they're like <laughs> ripping their off and like ripping everything apart it's it's insane 
So it's it's funny because you kind of like see Knox's point of view. Like, yeah, yeah. these witches are evil. Like, I get why you want to get rid of them. Mm-mm. But then, you know, they're not all bad. So yeah. it's like, that's where he is like having a hard time realizing, you know, because yeah. obviously he's stubborn. But yeah, these witches are out of control, especially like the ones with the with the masks, the ones that was actually summoning them to do all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they got to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. It amazes me, though, in that. So we learned in this book that Knox is over a thousand years old, right? Yeah. In a thousand years, he hasn't learned the nuances between people and witches and stuff like that. It's like they're not all the same. You've been around for a thousand years. You haven't figured this out yet. So that's what you call stubbornness. Like, literally, like, even if it's right. I mean, not for crying out loud. Arya herself did so many things, right? Mm -hmm. She's a a witch. And the bloodline that he wants to kill. And yet she's saving his people. Right. And even Mm -hmm. with all of that, he still refuses to see, okay, maybe it is worth saving those that are good. Like, maybe it is worth. Yeah. you know, thinking differently. So that's stubbornness to the core. And I think it's probably in part grief too. He's, you know, he's still 500 years later, like has not gotten over the death of his wife and his kid, which, I mean, everybody grieves differently if it takes you 500 years. Okay. But I think that because in his grief, he's developed like tunnel vision. So he can't see the forest for the trees, right? He just sees right. like, witches are bad. We need to kill them all. Right, right. And I feel like, you know, he's just, that's, that's what he wants to focus on. And, you know, but it amazes me how he ignores everything else that goes around, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously witches yes. do a lot of bad things, but they're not the only ones that are doing bad things. Even the right. people that are that he's sworn to protect are mm-hmm. doing things that are absolutely a no-no, right? Yeah. Yes. But he lets that go on and that's okay, right? Because they're not the ones that killed his wife, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, in 500 years, I get you mourn. And like you said, everybody mourns differently. And I would understand your son and your wife. Okay, but you got to let things go just a little bit and like clear your mind yeah a little bit in 500 years and he's just not wanting to do that at all right. at all right and that's also, just it drives me crazy yeah i mean it's and also he's like the ruler of this kingdom like i mean i feel like you need to prioritize your shit a little bit you know right right like you're Absolutely. pursuing this vendetta for 500 years like oh i mean what about everything else that you have to take care of right, right. Like the fact that, you know, at one point they had to combine kingdoms or, you know, to make trades and all of that. How about you focus on just getting your own stuff again eventually since you lost that? Like, you know, like focus on your kingdom, your your people. Don't leave the witches be to a certain extent. If they come after you, that's one thing. But to go out of your way to kill everybody that's a witch, Mm -hmm. that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, he's kind of hypocritical and he ignores the bad stuff that non-witches are doing, like the people in his army who are hurting children and women. Yeah. Yeah. Raping, yes. Mm -hmm. All of those things, yes. He's not, yeah. I mean, I just think he's got like tunnel vision. Absolutely. I mean, you can't, he's like, he's like a hero, but not a hero, right? So he's a hero in the sense that he has his heart in, he has good intentions, right? Like Mm -hmm. he means well, he wants to get rid of the evil that has caused so much trouble and so much chaos, right? But at the same time, how good is he if he's allowing other evil to go on? Right. Yes. You know, like, if you're going to be a hero, be a hero at all costs, no matter who the bad guy is, even mm-hmm. if it is one of your people, because then that's how you lead by example. And he's not. His only example that he's leading by is, let's hate witches, let's kill them all. Right. right. Yeah. And it's and interesting. It's, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Nope, you. Okay. In this book, there's a lot of talk about hero and villain and who determines what's good and what's evil. So... In our, Marissa and I, you know, I don't know about you, Meyer, but not our head, Knox is not a good guy. Like, he seems very villainous, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. like I said, I think he has good intentions, but he, he's, he's going about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, right. and you know, this whole light switch thing where his one minute he's sweet and then this other study he switches the light switch and he's like an straight up asshole. Mm-hmm. What? No, 
no, no, no. How she puts up with it, I don't know. Yeah. So since it's been such a common theme in this book, the hero villain, because one of the the silver-haired people brings it up as well, Mm. and um, the Keeper of Lightning brings it up, and then Mm. Max brings up something similar. I took a picture of it on my phone. But it's um, who decides what is evil and what is good. What you see as evil, we see as the right to be unoppressed by our oppressor. Sometimes the world needs a villain more than it needs a hero. Mm -hmm. And that's Knox. Well, -hmm. it's interesting where earlier in the book, something very similar was said. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So she and she she has that conversation with Taryn, the keeper mm-hmm. of the lightning, where he's like he tells Arya that the world doesn't need another hero; it needs a villain, and that villain is her. And Knox is the hero, which is so contrary to what we think. But I think it it speaks to the different ways that we define hero and villain, kind of. And it that quote that you just is like a perfect example. I mean, I just think. I see Knox as the villain, but he definitely sees himself as like a savior. And so, but, and Arya is supposed to be our villain, apparently, according to Taryn, which I think is interesting because I definitely identify her more as the hero. So the way I take it, right, I don't know if you guys, ladies will agree. So Knox, right, so he's supposed to be the hero. And like I said, I think the reason why they say that is because, I guess his intentions are well, like he wants to clean up. The only thing is he's cleaning up the wrong way. He's only cleaning up one race, as we call, like the witches. He's not cleaning up the right, the rest. So here comes Arya being the villain in a sense that she's going to clean up all the mess, doing whatever she has to, no matter what it takes. Yeah. Whether it is killing her own, his people, whoever it is, whether they're under his protection or not, she's cleaning up. And I think that's where she's the villain because she's doing what he won't. Right. Plus, there's that saying where it's something like you're the villain in someone's narrative. Everyone is someone's villain, right? Yeah. In their narrative, mm-hmm. which I like. Right. And when you think about it, I mean, Arya is out there murdering a whole bunch of witches. I am sure a lot of people are perceiving her as a villain that way. Mm-hmm. And she's not doing it. I mean, there's no nice way to systematically murder people. Right. But I mean, <laughs> sorry. She, <laughs> she is like very brutally killing these witches. Mm-hmm. So I could easily see how people in the night <laughs> like, easily <laughs> I hate to kill you, but you're a terrible person. So since I'm gonna cut your head off, like Sorry. It's okay. I'm gonna murder you and turn you into my undead army. Uh, so get ready. Yes. <laughs> I love how powerful she is in this, right? Like yes. she manages to create, I guess zombies, they're not really back from the dead, but zombies, I mean, yeah. she makes witches burn from the inside out, mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's just, oh, yeah. So yeah. I love, her. I love that <laughs> two times Knox shows up ready to like storm a keep and Arya's already there. Guys, like, think about it. Like, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> so the, yeah, like the first time, especially like she had to glamour up and he's saying he's calling like, where's your master? Where's this? And she's like, well, I'm here. And those sudden she lets the glamour out and it's like everything's burning. Yeah. <laughs> she's already taken over and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, you came a little too late. In other words, uh-huh. I got this. <laughs> but then he's always like, surrender and I'll go easy on you. What do you mean surrender? She just took it down. Like, like yes, you know, what is there to surrender? By herself at that. <laughs> By herself. (laughs) Yeah. And and what I love is that, you know, she's just coming into her power. Like, Mm -hmm. she really hasn't even tapped into what I'm assuming she's going to turn out to be, right? So she's this powerful. She's just still learning what she can and cannot do. Guys, imagine the limits to this lady is, like, endless. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine once she truly finds out who she is, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah she's incredible I love her so much which is why it's so frustrating to me when she gets treated badly it's like that's my girl like you hurt my girl right right you do feel like really like give me her number because I'm gonna call her up like you do your girlfriend yes. like first of all no <laughs> oh my god guys do you crack up at their conversations though her creature and her oh my gosh yes, yes. the conversation 
when they literally go back and forth, like she's in the middle of us to fight and the creature's like focusing on Knox. That's all she's worried about. And I was like, I need you to focus. Like we both need to survive, yes. not worry about getting made. What? Mm-hmm. How she talks about Knox cracks me. So when she's telling Arya, you know, like, oh, that she wants to have sex with Knox. And she goes, he's not smart, you know, maybe trip and let him fall in our vagina. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, or she tells me, you know, he he's stupid. <laughs> like, like we can just fuck him and then eat him. Like it's okay. That's it. <laughs> I love her. So Vicky, uh, you noticed something on the second read that we didn't notice before, right? I did. Chapter six. I did. So in chapter six, they're in like a house. Cap, where are they? I'm not even. They're in, it's in like a house. It's She's in, in like a village a in like a house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a nest there with feathers. And it's interesting. So because in the first book, it mentions maybe she's a phoenix. And that's a phoenix nest. And I think that's really interesting because then she asks uh, Knox, she's like, what is this? Like, what is this next? And he goes, I don't know. What is it, Arya? And I'm like, hmm. Right. Like, it's almost like he knows what she is and he's not saying it. And also, did you pick up on the part where she picked up the feather and it kind of like it it gleams or something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, like when yeah. she touched it as it almost recognized her as well. That's the way I took it, at least, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. And the fact that he questioned her, like, I feel like he knows what she is. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he does too, but nobody can tell her because it'll ruin her life or like that is, I would be so pissed. Like, (laughs) like, dude, just tell me I'm a phoenix. I'm a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I probably would have gone with those silver haired men. I've been like, you know what? I want to know. Let's go. I was just thinking like Vicky could not handle this if this were her in this situation. Like she would lose her shit. If the silver haired men showed up, Vicky would be like, all right, I'm going. Like I can't take the mystery anymore. Like I'm not going to sit around and just wait and figure it out. Tell me what I am. (laughs) Who cares who's the other side is like the end of me. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Like Vicky could not handle the suspense, especially in like her own life. Vicky would be like, fuck it. I want to (laughs) know. Oh, that's great. She's like, they rescued me twice. Why not? Why not? Yeah. (laughs) They look like me. They're probably not going to abuse me. It's probably fine. (laughs) I think Knox is. Let's talk about that. So Knox is, I mean, so Aurora says that he's something similar to Arya, but he's not a phoenix. Right. That we right. right. And he has, at one point he had serrated teeth, right? Because mm-hmm. she described them as that. And then in the dream, right, that she was having, he had black wings that came mm-hmm. around and blocked her view. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's not, when she catches fire, he doesn't get burned by it. Right. So he's, he's immune to it. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you were thinking dragon or something, right? I was, and I, I'm so sticking to it. <laughs> Yeah, I really do think he is dragon, but we'll see. I could be wrong, right? I think he's dragon, she's phoenix. I don't know. I'd like to learn more about the, hopefully they'll show more like the lore, I guess, behind the phoenix. Because one of the things the silver-haired men say to her is like, you're of both worlds or like you're of both sides or something. And I wonder if a phoenix is made between like a dragon and something else you know right like like a hybrid kind of thing yeah right? like if that's because she has so many similarities to, to them. and mm-hmm. his race that it would make sense then so maybe like a phoenix is what comes around when a uh, dragon and uh, hecate which mate or something i don't know but I, yeah I, i'd like to and you know like she, she she has all the rattling and the purring that obviously her own women don't even have anymore like mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier so obviously she's just as ancient as he is so yeah it's it's, it's interesting to know like i want to know what they are yeah 
picky. You just keep making excuses for Knox. And I'm like, why? I don't know. Especially when <laughs> gets so much more, like in my head, I'm like, this is a horrible person. He hits her. He treats her like crap. You know what it is? Because when he goes into his head, he's like, I know I'm treating her poorly and I feel really bad about it, but I'm having feelings. And I don't like, it's like, and I'm like, why do I now feel bad for you and sympathize? Like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny because I feel the same way. Like every time I'm reading, I'm like, this guy's such an asshole, right? But then it's like, then he has a sweet moment. I'm like, oh, he's so sweet. Like, see, he didn't mean it. Like, I'm like, but why am I saying that? Like, yeah, he's a terrible, pr- he treats her like shit. And then there's one moment like in the end where he's like, she's talking at this. So they're in the healing pool and he's, she's talking about how beautiful it is and like how this is a fantasy for her. And he was like, hold on, let me, cause I wrote it down because I just could not. I could not. <laughs> and she said, he says, this must be your fantasy or this must be your fantasy because you alone are mine, Aria. And she says, you need to stop saying shit like that to me. And it's like, yes, because he says all of these really sweet things to her. Yes. And then he's like a thundering dick to her, like immediately afterwards. Yeah. And, and like I said, up. like the light switch. It's like, you know what? Oh, shoot. I was nice. Let me be a dick again because yeah. I'm not supposed to be nice. It's like, what? Yeah. Dude, let it go. Let yes. it go. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. scene in the healing pool uh, with where she talks about how she deserves someone who loves her for her and who looks at her like she put the moon in the sky or something. I teared up. Yeah. Yeah. I I did. I was, because Knox is such a dick and she does deserve that. Absolutely. She recognizes that, at least she recognizes that she deserves better than him, you know? Right. And more than him. Mm -hmm. I just feel really bad for her that now she's stuck in the cycle with him with her whole breeding and the creature and stuff when he's like i marked you no man will ever be good enough you know yeah 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 and it's sad because you kind of like think how often does that really happen right like really in real life like sometimes Mm -hmm. that can really happen where you women do make up excuses right because they love the person so much Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is a vicious cycle and you yeah. know you deserve better, but you kind of, you, you make up excuses mm-hmm. and it's sad because then you like this, this guy, Aiden, he could be a possibility, right? Yes. Like he's one of her people. So why not yes. look at him? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but not won't allow it. So he's also very stubborn in his yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. He's like, nobody else can have you except for me, but I'm going to treat you like shit anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm going to put you in a cage, put chains on you and, you know, just allow people to talk crap about you sure why not oh i felt so bad for her in that scene yes yeah. were, yes and everybody's yeah. calling her a whore and a bitch yes and, yes. Uh, and he, he doesn't so say anything like no. what's a rattle don't rattle like go yeah. out there and tell them to shut the fuck up you know well, no. like what and then he's like what's wrong because she's crying and he's like yeah, what's so wrong he's with like, you what's, what's like, wrong with you woman i'm fine like <laughs> Fuck yeah, and the way, the way he said it, he's like, what's wrong with you, woman? Like, yeah. really? <laughs> what's wrong with you, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that scene, I was so upset. I'm like, really? Like, is, was that necessary? Like, mm-hmm. come on. Come on. Yeah. 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 And then the next day, she gets the shit kicked out of her. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, because he couldn't add more fuel to the fire. Like, right. sure. You know, I let people talk shit. Now I'm going to just kick the shit out of you. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Knox. Great yeah. work. I, oh, oh. Go ahead, Vicky. Yeah, I was really pissed uh, at that too. I'm surprised he wasn't just like dead to me then when he hit her because that's like yeah. a big thing for me. But no, making up some excuses like, you know, how many of her chapters later when it's from his point of view. Yeah. But the whole thing where she like sticks her hand in her chest and breaks uh. off her rib. Uh. Oh my God. So but wait, so then afterwards when he made the soldier do it to himself, Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, that's right. You do that to him. And then he was like, he's crying. And then he's like, you know what? The woman that that you just hit, she did it, didn't even shed a tear, didn't even cry. And you know, like he just told him, that's when I was like, you know what? You go ahead, Knox. All right. I get it now. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's the only Amelia Hudgens book that I have read where there's no penetrative sex. Yeah, that is right. so, so, but this entire book, there's so much sexual, t- like it, this whole book is foreplay, basically, yeah. Yeah. There's so much like almost sex. Yep. Yep. But I do really like that Arya says in this book, like, I'm not ready to have sex. Like, I don't, 
I don't want to have sex with you. And even though he kind of pushes her about it, like, and we've talked about sort of the, the sketchy issues with, with consent in the, in the last book a little bit. And even though he does push her, like he respects her wishes. And even when she loses control of like herself, like he's like, you know, he still doesn't. Right. Right. Yeah. He's like, you don't want to do this. I do like, like he's, you know, he's a terrible person, but he's respectful in this situation. And so I'll give him a point for that. So it's funny because I feel like it's, it's the Amelia thing where she introduces an asshole, but kind of makes you fall in love with the asshole, because, mm-hmm. you know, because they do, they're assholes, but they do different things. And you're like, oh, you know, he's not so bad. Like that was actually very sweet. Okay. Does it just show how easily manipulated we are by men or something? Is that what this is yeah. showing? Yeah. Right. Oh, like just... how vulnerable are we? Like, <laughs> Oh, it worries me. (laughs) Oh, can we talk about how great Greer is in this book? Yes. Oh, yes. He started out not liking her. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. The first book, he was like a straight up ass. Didn't even want to be bothered. But in this one, like, I love the fact that he always finds her. He, like, comforts her in his own way. And he tries to you know, make her understand in a way kind mm-hmm. of thing. And but he also stands up for her, no? Like, he tries to talk to Knox and tries to tell him, you know, like, what are you doing? Especially when he when he hit her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like, know. he shields her body. Like, he ju- when that guard is beating the shit out of her, he, like, yes. jumps in front of her and shields her body with his and then tries to get Knox to understand. But, again, Knox has got that tunnel. Not listening. Right. Past what's, yeah. And, um, and then he's mad at Greer. Like, why didn't you tell me? And it's like, <laughs> Greer's like, fool, you would not listen. Like exactly. I was trying to tell you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can wait one part of that I thought was so funny when was when, um, Aria was like, well, I choose Brandon and Brandon's like, he almost spills out his whiskey. He's like, <laughs> wait, what? You know? <laughs> So, you know, yeah. we didn't get to the, the first time. So, you know what? Have at it, big boy. And I'm yes. like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, sir, these other Brander. Yeah, yeah. He's in such bad situations. He's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, he looks at her like, you're about to get me killed by my own brother. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what are you doing to me, woman? <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> Because he's, Uh, like, the most loyal to Knox, you know? Like, he really is. He's, like, his second in command, right? So he's, like, his most loyal. So when she said that, I was cracking up. And Knox was like, yeah, not going to (laughs) happen. And I just have to bring up another funny character, you guys, is Lore. Yes. I love him. Because he, like, I literally, like, I read at nighttime. You know, that's my time to read. And it'll be, like, 2 in the morning. And I'm literally chuckling loud at the stuff that he does in says. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And he does it purposely. Like, yeah, I'm going to oh, piss yeah. off Knox. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I especially like the part where, you know, when she first took out the, um, the first kingdom and her monster took over. So she's like ripping things apart. All of a sudden she calms down, she looks and Lore is bent over the waist, cracking up and Greer is just waving a white flag. I was cracking up. (laughs) It's interesting because later on when they're traveling to the healing pool, they, uh, Arya has to do magic, right? Mm -hmm. And Nox's creature comes out for a little bit and notices she's in pain. And is like, who hurts you? I'll rip out their um, throat and bring you their heart or something like that. Right. But he calls her, he calls her his mate. Yeah. 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 Yes. And mm-hmm. so from reading a million, like a million fae and fae book, books right. and all this, uh-huh. we know a mate is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it seems like his creature has recognized it before Knox. Yeah. And what, the other thing that's interesting to me about that, so Arya's like in contact with her creature, like talks mm-hmm. to her. Right. So you'd think there'd be some internal dialogue going on between Knox and his creature with his creature being like, dude mate 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 mm-hmm. come on <laughs> yes but i guess there's not yeah 
And I wonder if it, you know, Knox is like a bajillion years old. So I wonder if he's like able to repress his creature to the point that he's Mm -hmm. not really even aware of. Like he comes out, I guess, in moments when he really, and we see him lose. We start, so they start, she starts making this differentiation between when like Knox is in the building and when his creature's in the building. And she does this with her, like in the fake chronicles, she does this too, like with Ryder's Beast. And so when Knox is like in the building, his eyes are like that ocean blue color, right? But when the, his beast starts to take a little bit more dominance, his eyes turn into like this black and it's got maybe like some, some with ember. Yeah, color ember to it. Color. yeah. 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 And so I think that Knox, it just, I mean, just as a function of probably his age, and experience is able yeah, because to he, he even says it you know like he's like you know i'm losing control mm-hmm. so it just leads me to believe obviously he's controlled his monster his demon whatever you want to call him right yeah. for a thousand years so he was able to do this but now that obviously like his monster said his mate is in front of him now mm-hmm. his monster is out to play like you know what he's like no i'm not gonna let you keep holding me down so i think that's the struggle he's having now because a lot throughout the book he keeps almost losing control right mm-hmm. where he's his eyes switch and then they come back rapidly kind of mm-hmm. thing so i think now the struggle starting to happen for him yeah mm-hmm. and Which aria's probably, just bringing that out yeah yeah and that probably just pisses him off more because like anytime he feels some some type of feeling that's contrary to what's normal for him it makes him mad at aria and so if he's having trouble controlling his beast now he's probably just like like shit, I'm just existing. losing it. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But and you know, and another thing that then leads me to it's like so the time that where she like put her nose against his neck, right? Like where the vein thing and she's yeah. just like pointing and he like turned around and put his elbow on her throat and he's like, You will not bite me and I'm like, dude what wait a yeah. minute you're over here like biting her neck like yeah. saying i have to bite you i gotta mark you but she can't do the same mm-hmm. like obviously he acknowledges to a certain point because he wants to bite her right right but then he won't allow her to do the same right so that's like denial to the fullest oh, extent yes mm-hmm. yes Knox is in so much denial <laughs> in this book. He's like, and like his entire inner monologue is like that too. It's like, Ari is beautiful and she's perfect and she's intelligent yeah. and I love having sex with her and I feel things for her that I never felt for my wife. Right. I can do stuff with her that I could never do with my wife. To me, that's like a big ding, 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 I mean, ding. Like, yes, dude, that is hello. a red flashing sign. Like, hello, wake <laughs> up. But no, instead of acknowledging any of that stuff, he's just going to get mad at Aria and call her a whore. So he gets mad at her because he's happy. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like he can't cope with his feelings. So it's Aria's fault. Like, you know, leave me alone. I need to be angry and more. <laughs> make me smile and be happy. Like, okay. How dare you bring me happiness? Yeah. <laughs> Marissa, you put in, I think it was you, maybe it was you, Myra. I don't know. An interesting point in here about um, Greer saying, uh don't hit him where it hurts uh, sort of making it horseshit with like coddling Mm -hmm. the coddling get go away like it's after she so it's after he hits her Mm -hmm. and because she was like challenging him after she had the shit kicked out of her right she's like what would your wife think about how you're treating people what would your kid think about oh they don't think anything because they're dead and then he hits her (laughs) and then Greer is like don't hit him where it hurts it's like he has had he is over a thousand years old and not even that he hits her where it hurts all the time all the time constantly right like you're this big big bad wolf this you're the king and you're untouchable but you can't take a little backlash from a tiny little woman like are you kidding me yeah come on man up Knox. like that's all i gotta say yeah yeah. Well, in, that, in the in the scene that follows where he he does that with the guard who beat Arya up that whole thing to me it, I mean like yes he was like punishing that guard but to me it felt kind of like misplaced anger like he was mad at himself for putting her in that situation and our and I think Vicky you make some comments about this you there's a quote about him like having regrets regretful feelings about it and I, to me that felt like a lot of misplaced anger like he was upset because he allowed her to be hurt basically and then hurt her himself I feel yeah, like it's like it's almost like pointing the finger it's yeah. like you know what I, I feel messed up but I'm just gonna blame you and punish you for what yeah. I allowed mm-hmm. to happen and then what I did afterwards 
yeah. because then it's easier for him to live with it, you know, in a mm-hmm. certain way. So, yeah. The quote um, that you're talking about. So he, it's after he says something like, uh, I didn't want to do these things to you. Like you kind of, you made me sort of thing. Um, and he's oh. apologizing to her. This is what she says. <laughs> I think I'm your enemy and that you refused me your protection to make a point. You could have stopped this, but you chose not to. I think you're regretting that choice, but regret comes when failure to act has already happened. It comes too fucking late to matter. Mm. I love her. But yeah, yeah, super powerful and so true. And oh, you tell him, Maria. That's yeah. right. That is right. I love that, you know, everybody's so afraid of him, but not her. Like even, even if she is trembling on the inside, she just lets him have it. Like, you know what? whatever like Mm -hmm. it is what it is you know what are you gonna do you know yeah so she is so badass yes and she makes this point and I couldn't remember if she does it in the first book or in this book where she says like Knox is surrounded by yes men by people who are just gonna support whatever he says they're just gonna go along with whatever his plan is which is why he's slaughtering witches without care and not paying any attention to what else is going on in his house and Ari's the only person in his life who's gonna challenge him to look at to look at everything Everything else. else. Yep, absolutely. Yep, and I think, I I can't wait, you know, to more books come, right? Because that's when it's going to start unraveling and the story just gets deeper and deeper. And I feel like if she can't do it, nobody can break this man, right? Because it it comes times where she makes him soft and caring and all of this and all of a sudden, okay, now he goes back because he can't allow himself to be like that. So if Arya can't do it, nobody can. So I think that's like her goal. Like either you fix him so we can do this together or the world is just going to go to shit. Like, yeah. It's actually, everyone seems to think she has the power to like end the world. That's pretty awesome to have that power. Is. I love, yeah. I love how like, I mean, it's like she's got all this power, but she's like somewhat nonchalant about it. It's right. like shit happens and she's like, whoa, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> like she rides into battle with like a unicorn rainbow raincoat. Oh like. my God. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the, what was it? Isla, right? She's like, is that a dick on your head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's a unicorn horn. <laughs> I love that. I mean, she's just so like, you know, she's such a badass. I just love yeah. Arya. Mm-hmm. Only she can pull off a unicorn horn as she's slaughtering people. Yeah. Like, sure. <laughs> I love she's like, the raincoat was a good idea. Yeah. She gets like splattered <laughs> with blood. Blood is bad for your complexion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then, so she's like the most recklessly uh, with her life. She's so reckless. Like in that scene after she like you know just murders all the witches or whatever and she gets her family out of that situation Knox breaks through her barrier and he rolls up and he's like on top of this battle this castle with her and she's like oh shit and she just dives off the side like hoping there's something down there (laughs) and then she looks back and he goes right after her and she's like oh shit I didn't see that coming like what (laughs) But it's a good thing because if not, like, she could have died at the end, you know, at the end of that scene when she's going to jump again. And then he finally shows her what was there. It's like nothing down there. It's like no end. (laughs) Yeah. But she would have been fine if he hadn't jumped in after her, started making out with her, and let the current take them. Yes. They would have been able to swim to shore. She would have been fine jumping off of that. Yeah. That was, I was reading that, and I was like, this is, I like what's happening, but this is not the moment. Like, we're, we're racing toward death. Do we, like, dry hump each other, or do we swim to the shore? Like, how far to the shore? Like, you're not that far. A couple strokes, and you're there. Priorities, man. <laughs> the the moment will have you do crazy things i guess huh yeah. there's a time and place for everything <laughs> in the middle of, of the water is not this not this. well just as, a, as they're climbing up the 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 mountain right and yeah. he's like has her tied around and then they start again and i'm like seriously like neither one of you have really a harness on like <laughs> <laughs> and then you mad at her like if you ever risk your life again she wouldn't have to if right. you would leave her the fuck alone yeah <laughs> Myra you and I have talked about this but I I swear like either I give off something or my husband has some sort of radar where whenever I'm in the middle of a sex scene he goes 
are you at a sex part? <laughs> and I've now started reading him the scenes as loudly as I possibly can <laughs> whenever he asks that. It's so fun. It's so true. It's like they have radar either. And it's so funny because reading the books is like, oh, you release phenomones, right? And all this stuff. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm releasing some too because the minute I'm in the middle of it, it's like I get like a groping. I'm like, oh, he must feel it. <laughs> right? <laughs> what is that? Wow. <laughs> oh, I, I guess we're animals too, right? <laughs> Amelia writes such great characters, though. She does. Uh, I mean, I certainly feel a lot of things when I read these books, like mm-hmm. many emotions. And I feel like that's often a good indicator about like the quality of the book or how I, I'm enjoying the book if I'm reading it and like pissed off at the same time. Like, yeah. I feel like you've created some good character like his yeah, you've created some good character moments for me if I'm feeling things this strongly. It's like yeah. she delivers the character so great along with like everything around it, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you picture you picture everything so vividly and you feel mm-hmm. all the emotions that are happening throughout the characters. It's so funny because this series, Vic's actually um Vicky actually gifted me the first one. I was like, Oh great, let me oh, read it. Yay. So, yeah, in three days, I had read all three of them. <laughs> so I texted Vicky, and I'm like, I can't wait for the fourth one. She's like, wait, you read them all? I'm like, yes, and I can't wait for the fourth one to come out. <laughs> yeah, It's mm-hmm. like, that's how you know it's good, when you cannot put the book down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing, Knox, so many things Knox says pisses me off, but he acts like anything magical happens, and it's Arya's fault. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, so she gets trapped by those guys with the silver hair in order to fight, you know, whatever that other form of herself, basically. And he's mad at her as if he's like, you led me here. And she's like, why would I, like, I almost got killed. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, he does it all the time. It's like, well, did you have something to do with it? No, asshole. Like, I just saved your people. Like, if I had something to do with it, why why would I save anybody, period? Yeah, but he does. He loves to blame anything with magic. It's her fault. Which is crazy. They live in a magical realm. Like, he has magic. They all have magic. Yeah, they all have magic, right. (laughs) They kind of match hers to, you know, like, they do similar things, you know, and, like, they get into that into the third book, but it's like, dude, you have magic yourself. You can wield it yourself. So what are you talking about? Like, how do you know it's not one of your people? Like, yeah. And he has other witches at that in his camp. Which, as Becca. we know, Becca is uh, <laughs> uh, Becca. a good one. <laughs> I mean, even in this one, she did some shady stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah, well, she it's like, used magic on his guards. Right. And then kicked the shit out of her, like. So, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, how does he keep allowing her to stay, right? Because you, even in the book, it says only witches with the um, white light witches can get into his. Um, keep or whatever, right? He won't let anybody with dark magic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's used dark magic. Like, for crying out loud, it even describes her with having black gums. Mm-hmm. So how does she get in? Like, wh- why is she even there? And he knows she lies all the time because he mm-hmm. even says it. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. like her one bit. No. Hate one point, I guess, um, it's when Knox is beating up the guy who beat up Arya and he calls her, calls Arya a whore and Knox gets defensive of her and goes, she's only slept with one, he's, he even says like one dick, mine. And, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, your girlfriend on the other hand has made the rounds throughout the entire camp. And right. he goes, well, you had sex with her too. <laughs> that's a pen that Knox's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I that that was a, that guy's a well you did it too <laughs> okay <laughs> there's that uh, scene in the book where Arya manages to like slip into his she was she's asleep and she manages to she doesn't slip mm-hmm. into his dream but what projects herself yeah I guess yeah. that ended up being so brutal because he like ate her throat yeah he, like, yeah her throat out yeah mm-hmm on purpose because he knew she used witchcraft to get there mm-hmm. so ridiculous yeah because he goes can you feel everything i'm doing to you she says yes and then he's like good and then he's just like and then tore apart yeah. and then when he sees her afterwards he looks at her neck to see if any other marks stayed there 
And I'm pretty sure that's still not her, right? It's just still no, not the yeah, real no. her Right. Yeah. It's still her phone. Yeah. Cause they, and that's the part I was like, oh crap. Because so then ravens go and then her body appears, you know, across, you know, in the mountain where she was at. It's like, where are these ravens coming from? Yeah. Well, they were part of her tattoo. Yeah. They're part of his tattoo. His so, tattoo. That, yeah. At yeah. one point, she's got like ravens. How how messed up would that be to have like tattoos on your body that you didn't know were there that aren't part of you? But yeah, at one point, like the ravens leave her body and go back because they were part of his tattoo that he yeah. her. And I think he at one point, and I, this may be what happens in the next book. I can't remember, but at one point, he used like the ravens leave his body and he uses them like as spies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it's the next book. Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't think that happened in this book. But yeah, that would be cool, though, to have tattoos that can do that. Mm-hmm. That would be a cool power. Yeah. Along with that scene, so when she's up on like, the mountain, I guess, and she rattles really loudly and makes, like, all of his men go to they the They all room. bow. Yeah. That uh-huh. is so cool. But then, of course, he needs to rattle louder. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> a fight for dominance. Yeah. Whose dick is bigger? Marissa, you have a note in here about clit slapping. Yeah, that happens. So, (laughs) (laughs) why does this happen? (laughs) Knox has to put his scent on Aria somehow. And so they they don't have penetrative sex, but they have like, I guess it's, do they have oral sex? Yeah, they do. Anyway, at one point he like slaps her clitoris. And it's pretty jarring. And I feel like I read this in a, I've read this in a bunch of like, uh, why are we doing that? If you slapped a penis, (laughs) I feel like you would not get a good response. (laughs) Like, stop it. (laughs) Also, they have this other, he does this other thing where it's like she breaks eye contact and he's like, look at me the whole time. If you break contact, then everything stops. And it's like, I, it's not natural to maintain eye contact with someone for the entirety of a sexual interaction. Like, I feel like it would be really awkward. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And I especially feel like bringing it to the like your attention I make it even harder for me to maintain eye contact oh my god they were like look at me I'd be like well now that's all I can do and all that I'm thinking about like it would completely take me out of the moment yeah yeah it's like well there's definitely no orgasm happening now (laughs) you have a comment in here about Aria having good mastery of her sexuality yes so she's only had sex with Knox, you know, she was a virgin for however, whatever, 25 years, 25 years, right? And now she's like amazing at being like, I guess, I don't know, teasing Knox, mm-hmm. right? Like releasing her scents when she needs to, you know, like biting her lip sort of thing, arching her spine, all that stuff. She's just got this like great mastery, which I don't know how much of it comes from also being raised or in a house mm-hmm. full of witches, you know, because they're supposed yeah. to be really sexual, especially because they're Hecate witches. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Like, I think, that right away. yeah, I think some of it's probably instinctual too, because like he'll growl or whatever and her ass automatically pops out. Like, right. I sure. think it, a lot of it has to do with her creature. I think yeah. her creature's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> There's Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think some of it's probably just in, and I bet some of it probably comes from her family too. And she wasn't. I mean, I know she was a virgin, and but like she tr- attempted to have sex with other people, so she's not completely like it's not. She wasn't completely to it, her. right? Right. She wanted to have sex with people, right. so she's probably exper- like it tried to be flirtatious and things like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It just wasn't ever successful because it made her like literally vomit. So, so for quotable quotes, one of the ones I have is um, this description of Ilsa's scent. And it's described as a chamber pot filled with rotten shit while surrounded by the dead who had suffered an ailment dying before emptying its contents. <laughs> Ew. Imagery <laughs> <laughs> though. <laughs> It's, I'm so glad you can't write smells, <laughs> you know, like you can't imagine a scent. 
Yeah. Because I don't want to. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. Uh, and then my uh, only other quote had been the one about uh, regret, which I talked about. So. Yeah. I like the one where um, Knox is still like hunting Arya and he tells her, I always catch my prey. Arya, this isn't a game for me. When I catch you and I will, you're going to know why I'm the fucking king. So I love that so much because, okay, you're the fucking king, but at everything you do, you throw at her, she just throws something back, you know? So it's almost like you're telling that to what yourself so you can believe it or what, you know, because mm -hmm. in the whole entire book, he does something but she does something in return like she's just as badass mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so one of my favorite quotes was when Arya she's talking with Knox and she says someday you're going to realize that you're the evil one not me I really like that I think there's a reckoning coming I think that at some point I mean I would hope for him just for character development that he stops right. being such a massive dick like yeah I like I, I understand like the alpha what I mean like he's the biggest baddest strongest guy in the neighborhood okay I, like yes I would expect him to act like an alpha he is but I really hope that he develops some sort of like coping skills maybe or just some self-awareness and I think that he hopefully with Arya is going to help him realize that he needs to yeah, I feel like that quote, it, it goes so deep, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you read the books, because like you said, you, you hope that he develops like more, like he's, he's, he's going to realize that a lot of the things that he's done was unnecessary or yeah. the way he went about it, or at least that I hope that he does, right? right. Because he's so stubborn, you don't know with him. Right. Um, because he keeps saying she's evil just because of her bloodline and he refuses to see all the good she has done for crying out loud, even Killian. Yeah. who we cannot stand, right? Mm -hmm. Even acknowledges that. And I mean, I don't know if it's in this book or the next one where he's like, I want to hate her. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to like her, but I don't, like, I I don't hate her, you know, because of everything good that she has done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that quote is very deep. Yeah. And, you know, again, it goes back to this theme of the book of this heroes versus villains, what... Yeah. who is who is which mm -hmm. you know yeah it's hard to tell yeah I feel like you know it's almost like they both can be a hero and a villain I guess depending on the situation mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be right because when she saved all these witches unmarked witches obviously she's a hero to them right, right. but when she's going out killing all the dark magic witches well now she's a villain to them you know so yeah. I guess I guess they're a little bit of both and I think that's what they need to realize come together and like let's take on the nine realms because together they'll definitely be unstoppable right mm -hmm. and that's that's the goal I would hope yeah yeah well and I think that statement just in general speaks to kind of the murkiness of their characters so Knox sees things like in black and white like they're right. rich or they're not and Arya is like it's not just black and white that everything is shades of gray and you can't right. judge someone for Yep. Their blood, like their bloodline, their heritage. Do we have final thoughts for this book? Yes, this was such a good book. And for an After Dark episode, there was very little sex. Yeah. <laughs> as well. Actually, no, like, you know, penetrative sex at all. But I, I enjoyed this book immensely. And I'm really looking forward to talking about ruins as much yeah. as I'm dreading it. <laughs> but yes 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 because definitely yeah. ruins a lot a lot more happens but I do love this book because it lets you in it more into mm -hmm. Knox like like you said when Greer explains what he had said to him about the twinning flames and all of that and it, it makes you not hate them it shows you that they're not all really bad they're just mm -hmm. following Knox's orders you know yeah mm -hmm. so this book was definitely like an opening to a lot more that's happening in all these nine realms mm -hmm. so I, yeah. I do love this book yeah same gives a lot of depth to all of the things so all of the things that they talk about in the first book this like gives depth and meaning to all of those situations and sort of the, the context and the circumstances within their yeah. nine realms I also really like that we get to see Arya come into a lot of her power in this book. Yeah. She does a lot. There's a lot of development in her character in this story. Yeah. It's amazing how she just grew so much within mm -hmm. a few months of being there, you know? Yeah. 
and how she was able to adapt so quickly. I mean, from being somebody who never, who's never been into the nine realms, right? Because in the first one, she never got to go. Yeah. Because her sister always made an excuse or did something to them where she always got to be the one to go, right? So for mm-hmm. her, her being her first time there, it's like she adapted so easily and has able to manipulate things her way. So yeah. it just shows so much about her character in that. Okay, so that wraps up our discussion of Ashes of Chaos by Amelia Hutchins. Next week, we'll be covering the third book in the series and the the last one that's available right now because the fourth one hasn't come out. So we'll be discussing Ruins of Chaos again by Amelia Hutchins. We are super, super excited for that one too. So we hope that you join us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.